I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hello, everyone. I'm Francis Ellis. I'm joined by my co-host, Julio Gallarotti. This is Hoops the Podcast. Welcome back. Let's do it, baby. Dog days of winter are upon us. Ooh, it's cold. Snuggle up with somebody. That's right. Cuffing season. Cuffing season. Uh, it is cold. I like when it's cold. Yeah? Yeah, because you you got to have some cold days. I do not like it. Very, very cold. And, and I realize this is not evidence of this, uh, but I was going to say that when it is really cold, you think to yourself, I think to myself, oh, good. Global warming isn't, you know, at least it's not, if it were 65 every day in the winter, I would be terrified. Like up here, yeah. But I know that extreme days of cold on either spectrum, hot or cold, are often indicators of global warming. Right, right. But still, you know, we live in New York, we live in the Northeast, being able to break out that really, your warmest winter coat, Mm. to really bundle up, put on your gloves. It makes you think it. it's still worth having these things. I'm not into it, personally. I understand it is. it can be a novelty. Like, I enjoy visiting a place where I have to do that, but I don't want to do that at home. I've realized this is the coldest place I can tolerate. Like, we were in Boston uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I could, I could never live here again. Really? It's, too, it's just too cold for me. Huh. I'm soft, dude. I like it. Yeah. I like the cold. I'm a mainer. I'm a mainer. I have thick porridge blood. <laughs> My, my blood could be smeared on foie gras. Dude, I just love <laughs> blood smeared on foie gras. It says like a relish on foie gras crustini. <laughs> Serve it as a you know nice little cannibalistic uh, appetizer <laughs> for a very weird dinner party. <laughs> Is that thick blood? Is it from a redhead? Good. I'll have some. Dude, okay, speaking of which, uh, pairs nicely with the Barolo. (laughs) (laughs) I have a recommendation based on that. The movie The Invitation, if you're looking for a good creepy movie. Yeah, what? It's about a very weird dinner party. Wait a minute. I've heard of this. It's really good. Who's in this? Oh, man. I don't even know if there's anybody famous in it. Can you give us a quick plot summary? Yeah, there's this dinner party, and it just gets super fucking weird. And I want to saying more would give it away. I know. I know that I've seen a trailer for that or thought about watching it and it's good very fun very good um but dude the cold like i just like walking around dude in general like I yes need a you break. do i just like walking around so like having to fully get layered and like you know it was in the teens uh yesterday for anybody who's from overseas it was like negative 10 celsius mm. <laughs> it was freezing and like that just sucks ass dude. yeah there was a wind chill a real feel that's what you really got to look for the real feel of of seven degrees dude there's a guy who listens from who uh works in an oil situation in alberta mm. and and it's it'll be like negative 45 he's Heavens. like it was negative 45 the other night i like, what the fuck i would posit that once you get below a certain th- thing it all feels kind of the same i wonder well think Famous about last it. words what's the difference between you know 10 degrees and negative 10 think about the difference between 50 and 70 is 
right, enormous. Right. So here's the thought that I have, and that's interesting that you say that because once you cross a certain threshold, you now have to bring out the heavy artillery to keep yourself warm. Yes. And once you're using that kind of gear, to your point, you would only bring that out for a certain temperature and lower than that. Right. Which you, makes it a little different. You cannot bundle bundling for negative 10 degrees is probably the same as bundling for 10 degrees. Right. Um, were we talking Fahrenheit? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what of course we're talking I, I, Fahrenheit. I, I, dude, I said negative what 10. What do you mean? Dude, I said negative 10 Celsius. That's Are you converting these numbers back to Celsius? I had said negative 10 Celsius, which is why when you said negative 10, I just wanted to clarify. Got it. But I actually, I have my phone in Celsius. Why? So that I can become fluent in Celsius. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's the <laughs> point of that? Look, bro, I'm not even fucking with you. Why do you have it? Because All right. What's four degrees Celsius? Don't, is there a number okay, okay. that gives it's a, Fahrenheit? It's, a, it's approximately 40. Check it. I didn't look. Wait, let me think about it. I can do the math, right? Is, what is it? You double it and add 32 or something? I don't know how to do the math. Eight, yeah, 40. That's That would be give you exactly 40 degrees. Let me see. Um, is it five ninths or something like that? Is, is Celsius? 39. I only know by looking, by checking it every time. I literally I have a converter. Oh, so you just have all the numbers memorized? I'm yes, that's the goal. Huh. Is to just understand it so well that when someone's like it's six, I just immediately understand that. Interesting. I just, yeah, I don't know. Well, that's fun. Stupid obsession. No, that's fun. I get it. <laughs> that's fun. I get it. I mean, I don't see the point. Really? Do, I, I what about like, what about metric system? Well, I also so my phone's on military time also yeah, for again. that same reason. Metric system's a little harder to like incorporate into your daily life. There's nowhere where I'd be checking something that will be measured in the metric system, which therefore makes it not worth it to me. Do you wish you lived in a, a you know a European type world? No, where things were metric and Celsius. No, also kilogram. Do you prefer their? Do you prefer no, their systems no, of measurement? I don't. A kilograms is easier. To, is easy to convert in your head. Two point two pounds. That's an easy one. Uh, and I do not wish that. I'm perfectly happy with the way that I live now. I just think it's a little inconvenient that we're the only one, us and a few other people that use our system. So I'd like to just speak the other system fluently as well. You know, you say that we're the only ones. England does it too. England's a in few, miles. A few places do it. I, I and then, it. and then that to me is enough <laughs> to say that we're not the only ones. And not only are we not the only ones. There aren't enough countries. If we were truly the only ones, then I would say, yes, we should probably know the other systems. But with England behind us, that to me means these are the two leading English-speaking countries in the world. Right. England, English is the universal language of trade and mm -hmm. negotiation and business and all of that. Therefore... Would it not stand to reason that the systems of measurement used by English, the two dominant English-speaking countries would set the standard for measurement? So here's what I have to say to that. I didn't write the rules, pal. I don't, I'm not suggesting that there's some kind of competition. I don't think the metric system is better. I just know that it's so widely used that I would like to understand it. I don't disagree with Interesting. you. Interesting. That's a, that's a much more academic uh, and, and very sort of brain curious point of view than I was giving you credit for. <laughs> Thank you. But you dude, just I get want to understand it better to be a, a person, a citizen of the world. I, I admire that. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Yeah, that's good. That was I a good really answer. You really, not only did you dug, <laughs> dig yourself out of the hole, you threw me into the hole and then 
piled the dirt on top. Now I look like the asshole. Dude, I just know I'm a, I'm like obsessed, a little obsessed with altitude. Like I'm I'm very, it's stupid, but like I'm curious how high things are all the time. And when someone is like, oh, it's uh, eight thousand meters, it's very frustrating to me to not be able to do that on the fly. Sure, and like sure that. So I don't know. So meters I, I, are hard. It's tough. Meters are hard. I, I have a hard time with that. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, anchor, anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. I got something for you. Sure, sure. Let's hear it. This is a total left turn. And we were on a good roll there. But I, with the I, juice. This, is, this is burning a hole in my Sometimes brain. Sometimes you got to just rip it out. So the New York Times today, I was scrolling through. Basically, I do a quick scroll on my phone to see if there are any headlines that really pique my interest on my way down to the crossword puzzle. I have become really obsessed with the crossword puzzle. Are you using your American Express media credit for your New York Times subscription? I am still <laughs> on my mom. I, I think my mom has like a family New York Times oh, plan. Even better, even better. And so I don't pay for it. But if I, I could use, I could do, I could do that. By the way, if you're considering get the American Express Platinum card, if you're considering it, DM me first so I can send you a link or Julio. He can have, okay, he can get okay. some points you too. You can go for it. Um, but I want that points bonus. So if you're going to do it, just hit me and I'll give you the link. No, no skin off your back, but I'll get some points and I'd really appreciate that. All right. So here's an article that came up today in the New York Times. The joys and challenges of sex after 70. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. We were talking about this in the live show. Remember? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Nothing specific that anybody needs to know. Just we were talking about the idea of like still getting it getting dirty when you're in your 70s 80s that's right that's right your winter years ew um (laughs) now okay so i said to myself well i guess i'm a little curious so the 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 new york times doesn't write about sex all that often so i dove in and it's sort of a profile of this couple and their sort of uh path their sexual path through their lives uh when they were young I'll, su- I'll summarize a little bit. They were young. They were super traditional conservative Catholics. I think they lost their virginity to each other. They got married when they were 21 and 22. Um, and their sex life started very slowly. Um, but then, you know, as they sort of got to, they, they found a way, to, you know, to get to things they liked. But then their sex life waned. And then they both had affairs. And then they had to go to couples therapy and they were on the precipice of dissolving their marriage. Um, but they decided to sort of give it one more shot. And once that happened, um, they started to really gel sexually. Awesome. Um, and they said that the affairs were the best and the worst thing that ever happened to them because uh, it, it made them realize that they had things they needed to fix mm-hmm. and also told them kind of more of what they wanted. Um so all all fine so far, a little bit all over the place. 
But then they started getting into some nitty-gritty details of what their sex life looks like now. And I think they're well into their 70s. Okay. So here's I'm just going to read this, okay? <laughs> Aging has diminished them physically. Anne had colon cancer. David has spinal stenosis and uses a walker. But in these later years of life, they've consciously held on to their intimacy by creating a different kind of sexuality than when their bodies were strong and lithe. Mm. Most Sunday mornings, after coffee and fruit, David goes to their bedroom. He pops a Viagra, straightens out the bed cover, showers, and, when he's ready, calls for Anne. Their phones (laughs) remain in the kitchen, the dog outside the bedroom door. They cuddle and touch each other. Sometimes they mutually masturbate, which they just started doing in the last decade. Anne still has her prelude, that's a vibrator that he bought her decades ago. Oh, man. Which David has rewired over the years. Oh, my God, that is funny. Along with a few other vibrators that they use regularly. Even with Viagra, David can't always have a full erection, but they usually have intercourse regardless. Sometimes he has a dry orgasm, where he doesn't produce enough semen to ejaculate. The missionary position no longer works for them. David has put on weight and would be too heavy. Instead, (laughs) he often lies behind Anne and puts one leg between hers, the other to the side. Wait, wait, wait a second. I need to... (laughs) I mean, don't even try. Puts one leg between hers and the other to the side, so he's... I get the sense that they're spooning each other. They're in spoon of some, some, you know, pretzel spoon situation. Side prone bone? Yeah, they explore and try new things. Last summer, they began doing what's known as edging. During oral sex, David stops just when Anne is on the verge of climaxing. He repeats it a couple of times to build up the intensity before she finally has an orgasm. (sighs) Okay, I'll stop there. Did we need that? Did we need any of that in the New York Times? I, I really think it's, I think it's great. Really? Yeah. I, I do it. It's, I think it's like so great, to be honest. Okay. I, I understand. I, I hear you. I I'm th- not the target reader for this article. They want 70 year olds to read this. But I read it. The details, to be honest, like it, I'm very, I was very curious to hear the details when once you started describing that they've sort of. They're, those three paragraphs, when I got through them, I. <laughs> I almost had to sit down. I th- in fact, I was sitting down. I think I stood up and then had to sit back down. <laughs> the fact that, I mean, first of all, I get what the what the writer's going for, but what is the writer going for? You, think? you know that she's painting a picture. I think it's a female writer. That she's painting a picture of, um, a very kind of unsexed sex. Uh, that that sex is still possible after a certain age. It may not be as glamorous. These are some of the blue collar moves you can use. You know, they can't do, he can't lie on top of her because he's too overweight. He's had spinal stenosis, so he uses a walker. She's had colon cancer. I mean, these, these are kind of graphic details that show that they're still finding ways to work around the failings of their bodies. Yeah. You know, he's got these dry, choking orgasms where he just puffs out dust through his limp penis which i'm assuming he's you know potentially using some kind of 
grip to inflate towards the end just, just enough shove to, it in. I have no I the point is the fact that I have to come up with all of these what does that mean? What does that mean? I I just I'm astonished. I'm yeah, astonished yeah. by this article. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not against it. I'm not a prude, but not I'm not I don't know really what to make of it. And I wanted to present it to you. So, I dude, I the way I see it, it's like this this to me is almost like it's 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 like an amazing thing. It's like and they don't sort of like they don't sort of candy coat it either. It's like it feels really real and triumphant. It's like, you know, these lifelong relationships are hard. This whole idea is like he only had eyes for Anne, and until that day, he never even looked another woman in the eye. Like, that's just, like, unrealistic, and people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they've had their challenges, they've had their problems, and now they're, like, 70, in their 70s, and they're being creative, and they're learning, and they're experiencing new things, and they're still together after all of this. It seems like this is, like, the pinnacle of sex in my mind. Like, anybody can fuck. Anybody can bend somebody over and fuck them. Like, this is the, this is, like, the good stuff. All right, we're 10 minutes into the episode, and for the second time, Julio has now <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry, I'm not, buried me even deeper I'm into not a trying, pit of shame. I'm not trying to do that. Well, I'm, you are Mother Teresa today, I'm, and you are, you know, I I come at you, I'm like, isn't this funny and weird and gross? And you're I like, agree. this is the good stuff. This is when you... <laughs> When you've washed away the pretense of, of young sex, you get to the metal. Dude, I'm just saying, like, that I agree. It's like the, the details are, like, funny and gross. Like, he's too fat to, like, for them to have missionary position and, old. like, he's too old. She's too delicate. The position they're describing sounds very clumsy. And, like, you know, of course, this stuff, I agree with you. And it's funny. And it's, you know, it seems like, oh, are they really about to describe this? But, you know, you asked me what I think, and I, the, the thing that I take from it is what I said. And I don't, I'm not trying to say that in a, mm. I'm not trying to be contrarian to you. I'm, I don't even think what I'm saying is at odds with what you're saying. I don't even think you were going there. You know I wasn't I mean? really sure what my point was. I just kind of, I read this and it's just not something you typically, re- you know, it's not something you typically read in the New York Times. Yeah. To hear those lurid details of sex age aside even if if they were writing about young people i i would find it um unusual i guess yeah. I, I i don't know i guess i usually read what i read in the new york times is financial reporting covid stuff politics and 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 world affairs mm. so i don't typically get into elderly erotica <laughs> during my morning oops beans <laughs> glass you know but dude yeah it's just like what a wild fucking journey life is. And like, you know, love and relationships, they require maintenance and work and like checking in and like improving. And it's just like an active thing. Mm. And it's just never, you know, things are always going to change and be different. And it's like, it's a good lesson to people who are dedicated to the people that they love. It's like, there might be challenges, uh, but they can be overcome. Maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah. No, it's a that, nice message. That is, that is the noble path. That it's encouraging, you know? It is. Although, again, let's not forget, our guy had, th- I think, three affairs. She had a revenge affair. And uh, and then they were, they were, one of his affairs, the last one, was so intimate that the woman told him he had to choose between his wife and her. Oh, damn. And Well, you didn't tell me any of this. But not, it doesn't change my, my point of view, but... But that's, yeah, dude, that's insane, you know? 
let me ask you something. Sounds like a dog. Let's let's place this relationship between these two people on on one side, right? Mm -hmm. And then let's paint a different picture. Let's say you've got a couple who, you know, has a a pretty basic sex life, but they they you know, they grow old together, they've got their kids, there's no there's no uh affairs. They love each other. They are bonded through their raising of a family and they're buying they're paying off a mortgage and their their shared challenges that they've overcome, health issues, all that. Uh and then they just sort of gracefully wind down in their later years with you know a cup of uh a glass of iced tea on the porch reading books and playing scrabble and traveling to provence and you know tasting cheeses and whatever else awesome. and that's that's them but they've retired from sex mm-hmm. do you think that's which of those two lives would you rather have have so this is the thing though like the retiring from sex is a choice you can reverse that choice it's not always some people's bodies really do give out so like i know that men with prostate cancer if they have to have their uh if they have to have it removed or whatever uh the 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 tumor if there's a tumor often that surgery can induce impotence really yeah regardless of viagra or anything oh my god it's such a sensitive area jesus jerk off often everybody is uh, that right they say it's good for the prostate fair whatever um okay well damn all right if it's not a choice Dude, I really don't know, bro. Jesus. I, I'd prefer to not have to choose. Um, you know, I don't know. Flip, coin flip. Like, both have their downsides. But, you know, I like the idea of actively, the active pursuit of of physical intimacy as along with, you know, whatever other nice stuff happens as you grow old with somebody you love. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't really know. Like, what do you, do you have an answer? I, I have to say, I you know, I I don't know. I guess I guess I hadn't really considered a complete retirement from sex in older age. But I do think that my priorities have shifted and I now find um that, you know, connecting over a good meal that we've cooked or or any of those things, I can see those things getting richer and richer right. and being a good I don't want to say stand in, but being as as connecting and as intimate as totally sex especially as we get older yeah yeah for sure and i don't have any problem with that i'm I'm at peace with that totally i am at peace with the notion that there may come a day where i I may not have sex anymore for years and i have no problem with that that day is so far away though i mean i suppose yeah yeah i mean let yes i i certainly hope so right yeah jeez if not, there's a problem. Whatever. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, I wonder. You like, think you'll be boning until you die? I have no idea. I, I don't know. Yeah, but you want to be. Yeah, of course. See, I don't know <laughs> if I do. But you won't. But dude, how could you know? You won't know until you're I fucking old. I just think that if I'm 85 years old and she's 85 years old, I don't think we're going to want to get naked with each other. I don't know. Is that a horrible thing to say? You, dude, you, it's just, you just don't know yet. You're though. right. You know? And it's because right now I'm not attracted to 85 year olds. You're just, dude, you're just, <laughs> that's just the that, fundamental right. truth of it. But dude, also like, you're just not even like, 
wise enough yet to understand what what things you'll know by the time like maybe that will never change maybe you will never be physically attracted to an 85 year old but whatever else you learn along the way like you just never know francis hilldog and i are still rocking out with this dad grass and mom grass situation i i've gotten into it and i'm finding it to be a very nice uh substitute for the overpowering effects of of marijuana dude totally like we had friends in town uh over the weekend and we were hanging out and we smoked a joint of regular weed and like if after the second hit immediately i was like have i been talking about myself too much am i just like do i just seem insecure because Mm -hmm. i'm like telling all these stories and i'm trying to prove to them that i'm like do they think that i think that i'm better than them like dude i just started thinking all this crazy shit that was completely incorrect and I was like, I just missed the mellow vibes, Dagras. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's all the chill without the like being too damn high. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, uh, it's legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Yeah, you still can do the ritual of smoking without just having to be blasted. Yeah, chill out without getting stoned, like having a glass of wine, not the whole bottle. <laughs> that's great. All Dagras products are federally legal for ages 18 and over. It ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. That's right. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash oops. Go to dadgrass.com slash oops for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash oops. Do you think this is something I asked you at the live show, and now we're, we're blending towards that conversation, which is, you know, at my age, I have, I'm not attracted to 85-year-olds. Mm-hmm. But when I'm 85, I suspect that I will still be attracted to young women. I just won't act on it out of loyalty. Right. But, but or do you think it changes? So, dude, it's funny you say that. I don't know. I mean, it might be a teach his own situation. But this, <laughs> a guy once said to me, and this guy definitely has a bit of a wandering eye. I don't want to throw him under the bus. But he's an older guy. He goes, I must have been, I was in my 20s when he asked me this question. He goes, how do you like your grapes? And I was like, I don't know, like. For like, like, a, you know, when you bite into it, it bursts like a crisp grape. He goes, good answer. He goes, yeah. He goes, you do. Right. He goes, guess what? He goes, I like grapes like that too. And I've always liked grapes that way. And I still like them that way. And that was him trying to say that like a young woman's body can never be replaced or something. I like wasn't drawing the connection <laughs> initially either. Weird biblical yeah. analogy. What a weird, like, <laughs> Jesus way to kind of paint that thing, lesson for you. So that, It's a fable. That, that, exactly. That's yeah. him saying that basically he agrees with what you're afraid of in that you will not grow to find an 85-year-old's body attractive. You will always find a young woman's body more attractive, but it, according to him. And, I, and I, it's true, I'm sure, for women, too. I, I'm, I'm sure. sure that you know, for women who wouldn't want the the 28 year old hunk physical trainer. Yeah, I, I sometimes feel like women are like more sophisticated in that regard, and like they like if anyone like if you had to pick, are men or women more likely to be attracted to like a person whose body is terrible and older? You definitely could guess that women are. Yeah, maybe true. Maybe, maybe I don't. True. Maybe I'm no, pulling that out of my listen, ass. Listen, I'm sure you're right. You're right. Sophisticated is the word. They have sophisticated tastes. Yeah, and like what they're attracted to. But having said that, I think we as humans are at our most sexually desirous state when we are in our you know twenties, right? Our skin is tight. I don't think necessarily. Like I think I think that like the twenties, thirties, thirties. You know the, the the screwed up horrible answers that some people would 
there may be some science to suggest that late teens even oh right yeah which is when your body is most fertile right i know and that there's some kind of science scientific truth to that i don't know at least in terms of the animal kingdom i suspect that that's true yeah um which you know but there are things that that can play into that dude it's like the more with status and success and experience like those are all things that become that can become competition for uh, physical attractiveness. True. You know true. what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's good. good. This is rich conversation. Yeah, it is. It's rich. Speaking of rich, we're uh, we're starting to narrow down our honeymoon ideas. So I have a question. So we have a relationship question from somebody oh, that fun. I think would go in nicely here. Okay. Before this, before because I was going to tie that animal kingdom sex thing into what we might be thinking about for a so, honeymoon okay. but go no ahead. no no I, I, I didn't know you teaser. i didn't know you had That's thought that far in advance trailer. i didn't know you had thought that far in advance as far as a connection <laughs> tied in those are hints no no tied those in. are we hints can, we can do this anywhere i need this re- if you don't read this relationship no, no, no. question to me first now i feel bad because you had done what i had done i had assumed that you hadn't done what i had done when in fact you had <laughs> wait, wait wait what does that mean meaning that i had tied like i thought that you were making a full pivot I didn't know that what you were going to say was connected to it, what we're talking about. It is about. a full pivot. It's a full pivot. I just am using a tenuous connection to saying the animal kingdom to spring us forward. But I've already got two topics under my belt. I did weather cold. I like that. And I did uh, elder sex. It's your turn. Okay. Well, how Hit about me. this? This is good. I have a tie into the animal kingdom thing after your thing. So now we have a full right. map. Where do you want to go? We okay. We can. Where do, do you right, want to go? We can do my thing, but realistically, this relationship thing isn't necessarily directly related to what we're talking about. It's a relationship thing, which makes you, which makes it very loosely related. Therefore, I wouldn't argue that it should take any sort of precedence over whatever you have to say. I'm going to make a, a co-executive decision. Okay. Okay, we'll and it. say, give me this relationship question. This <laughs> this appeared to have some kind of urgency to it as well. Oh, good. So I wanted to try to uh, I, I, we wanted to try to get it in here as quick as we could. Get it in, baby. Give me one second. To Take a Viagra and get that in there. <laughs> I've got a dilemma that you could talk about on the podcast, and I would love y'all's input. My boyfriend and I have been together for five years. We met in college at ISU. LOL. She's LOLing because I was recently in Ames, Iowa. Um, love that you're tying that in there. Love it. Anyway. We've lived in in his hometown for the last three years. Before I got my new job, we both were planning on moving out west to Colorado. He's been job searching off and on out there and hasn't found a good opportunity yet. I got a new job last May and I absolutely love it. I'm making friends and growing at the company. Now, I don't want to move, but my boyfriend is miserable at his job and wants to move still. We are so conflicted and I'm worried if we move, I'm going to be sad and depressed again, not having any friends out in Colorado. Do you guys have any advice on this? All right. So as I understand it, she has a good job in Illinois. I think uh, Iowa. Oh, Iowa. I get Iowa so State d- and Illinois State mixed up. So ISU. Which one is ISU? I believe it's Iowa State. Is it? All right. Is Illinois State a thing? It might not be. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, anyway. Okay. So let's assume that they live in Iowa. Okay. Which is not super far from Colorado. Let's just quickly do Ames to Denver Drive. You could tell me that they are on opposite coasts, and <laughs> I would believe you. I think they're fairly. I think they're like they're drivable for people out there. People out there drive further distances more quickly. Okay. Uh, do, do they? Yeah, because there's just no there's like no traffic. It's like open road. You can speed. The Great Plains. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Iowa. Okay, it's a ten hour drive. It's far, but it's doable. That's not terrible. It's not terrible. Right. 
that's from Denver to uh, to Ames. All right. Anyway, whatever. It's far. So okay, what were you gonna say? Having known that now. All right. Um. So they're living, and she's gotten a job in Ames, and is happy and loving her job. But he has no job, nor does he have a job in Colorado. They just want to move there for the prospect of him getting a job and lifestyle. It's. It sounds like it. Maybe. Um. We were both planning on moving out west to Colorado. He's been job searching off and on out there and hasn't found a good job opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that's how I understand it. I mean, look, I, I think that fundamentally there's 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 four things to consider. <laughs> but they're but they work. They, a lot of things. That's funny, they're yeah. not that different. It's okay. it's okay, does he want to move to Colorado for lifestyle? Does she want to move to Colorado for lifestyle? Right. Does he have a job in Colorado? Does she have a job in Colorado? Right. And those are the four. All those are the four things. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, what I, do. I mean I do. is, I do. I do. It's like you sort of like can add up the scores of those different categories. Yeah. To find and the fact that she, he does not have a job in Colorado, nor does she. Right. But that she has a job in Illinois, Iowa. Damn it. Means that is the Trump factor that means to me that they should stay because yeah. uh, because unless he had a job unless one of them had a job there's no reason to go yeah they can't justify going so let's assume that for now they're going to maintain the status quo because of that fact he does not have a job right so it sounds to me to also that one of the things that's worrying for her is that they are sort of planning for futures that are at odds with each other Neither of them are happy in each other's scenario. So my advice to her would be keep growing at your company, keep doing your thing as he continues to look for jobs. And as you continue to sort of prosper in your job, maybe the, an opportunity will open. And let's assume that, you know, Denver is going to, is, is more of a budding metropolis than anything that's in Iowa. And maybe there will be an opportunity for her to actually advance her career in Colorado. So that by the time where he finds a good job, it actually, this won't be a big deal. Yes. Right. Yes, I I think that that's exactly the right advice. It's I not mean, bad. Yeah. Um, but I do not think that they should load up the station wagon and drive out there, abandoning her good job. Agreed. In the hopes that they both find jobs out there. Totally. They can't move until one of them has a job. Totally. This isn't the gold rush of 1949, <laughs> you know? I, I, it's, like, what are you talking about? I, I, unless, unless, they, unless she was miserable in her job. Right, which she is not. And they were miserable in Ames. Right, which I'm sorry that you, I, we know you guys don't live in Ames, but we're assuming that you're Iowa people still. Yeah. Predominantly in state school. It's like a fair thing to assume. Right. If they were both unhappy and they both wanted to move, they should move regardless of how employed they were. Yeah. But she's happy, has a job. Neither of them have a job in Colorado. They should not go out there. Yeah. This is almost a good scenario. It's like you have the safety of the good job. He's figuring his shit out as you work. And this is the other thing. When people are figuring things out, this is the thing that I encourage people to do. I talked to somebody today whose boyfriend is moving into the city. They live in New Jersey. Currently her boyfriend's moving to the city and she's a little worried about the transition. That's something worth worrying about. But like worrying about a future thing that has not yet happened yet can really like you can prematurely ruin it. 
It can just become its own self-fulfilling prophecy and ruin the relationship. When in reality, you don't know how things are going to play out. So you sort of have to like approach it in, in, uh, in, in periods. So like take it a couple weeks at a time. Don't be like, oh, he's moving to New York. Oh, he's going to find better people. Oh, he's going to like it better. He's going to outgrow me. Don't assume that. You can't assume that. Mm. And by assuming that, you become insecure and it, you like ruin things. So this that's not the same as this situation. But as things unfold, who knows what's going to happen? Maybe he'll get some great job offer in Iowa. Maybe you just don't really know. So like keep, you can kind of plan for the future, but you don't have to like make assumptions about it. Yeah. I think that's very good advice. Some people are better at that than others. I'm not very good at that. I'm not either, but I don't think anyone is naturally. And you have to remind yourself because it's a good exercise because you know, you just don't have control of the future. I make tremendous assumptions without even realizing that they're not real. Like what? Like what? I don't know. I make assumptions about how people feel. Or about how things are going to go right. without even acknowledging that the thing hasn't happened yet. Totally. It's as if I think I'm some, you know, all-seeing prophet right, who has right, already right. looked at his future and doesn't like it. Totally. So Francis, you know that my mom has five cats, right? I do know that. <laughs> it's a little scary, but, you know, the more the merrier. A lot of cats. And she used to, I've told this story before, but she used to be afraid of cats. I begged her to get a cat when I was a kid. She used to scream when she would see it in the house, and now she has five of them. What an unbelievable turnaround! Like what? A, what a tale! Also, what a mother who you know would act, like bend to your will as a child, even though the, the very sight of it would She's make sweet. her scream. Very, dude. Very sweet. Yeah. Shout dude, out, moms. I know, dude. Even moving to the countryside was scared the shit out of her. Like it was so dark compared to what they were used to that at night she was like terrified. My poor mom, dude. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, dude, so she'll feed, she feeds the cats in the morning. She feeds five of them at a time. They all come up there like it's some kind of pilgrimage to the Mecca of cat food. And this one cat, Panucci, will actually eat the other cat's food. So she needs to like sequester Panucci. Anyway, it's a whole thing. But recently she has switched to cat person uh, products and cat food. Hell yeah. Uh, cat person is protein packed, 50% more than industry standards, and cats need protein. Uh, and it only uses wholesome ingredients. The food is grain free and low carb. So there's no room for the unnecessary fillers that you find in many other brands that can give cats digestive problems. And like I said, Panucci tends to eat too much food. Uh, and this stuff really helps with her digestion and keeps her healthy. Cat person's delicious, nutritious, high quality cat food. Uh, and there's a bunch of different variety, which by the way, dude, reading the varieties of animal food always makes me laugh. Yeah. It's like, oh, chicken. Oh, dude, her favorite is the turkey and chicken blend. <laughs> oh, the salmon and tuna, the mackerel and bream. Yeah, they she ate the mackerel and bream 0.6 <laughs> seconds faster than the, the tuna. So clearly that's the, the, the winner. So this is the wet food. That's eight pate and uh, eight shreds and broth. There's also dry food, which is, you know, cat favorites like chicken and turkey, turkey and duck, salmon and tuna, the old salmon and tuna. Um, but anyway, dude, cat person products, cat person food. It's really good stuff. Uh, you won't believe all that's included in your starter box. Plus an entire set of serving spoons, silicone lids, and a scooper, which are so cute and clean that I literally want to steal it and use it for myself. <laughs> anyway, you and your cat are going to love Cat Person as much as we do. Go to catperson.com slash oops. Use code oops to save nearly 50, that's 50% off your starter box with free shipping. That's catperson.com slash oops. Code oops to get nearly 50% off your starter box with free shipping. Capperson.com slash oops code oops. Honeymoon. Honeymoon. Okay. So, yeah, we are 
I, I, I have become very turned on by the idea of a safari. Wow. Sick. Come on. How, Dude. Come on. It's a great safari activity. Have oh, you, sorry. Great have you done activity. a safari? I have not. I know that everybody goes on safari on their honeymoon. For a reason, though. And, and, they, and not everybody. A lot of people do. Really? I don't. I mean, I hear about it a lot. It's I know a, it's an expensive thing. So maybe it's, you know, my group of friends or whatever. But here's a, but there's good reason for this. First of all, it requires a lot of time because it's far away. There's a time difference, blah, 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 blah. So that's a reason why it's good for a honeymoon because you can actually take the time. The second reason why it's good for a honeymoon is because, to your point, it's expensive and it's okay to spend a lot of money on your fucking honeymoon. Yeah. You know? That's right. So where are you looking at? Are you, have you started narrowing it down? Well, let me, you know, add on to those reasons you just gave, which is okay. I really don't know that we'll ever be. When is the next time that we'll ever be able to take a two week vacation totally, together? Totally. Maybe never. Maybe never. You know, because in the next two years, I presume we'll both have full jobs, busy lives, et cetera. And um, everyone lets you go on your honeymoon for two weeks people aren't bothered employers are not bothered by that totally and then we'll have kids and we'll never be able to go anywhere again our lives are over totally finished finito yeah miserable misery so (laughs) (laughs) it's true though dude yeah yeah we're not packing up a baby stroller into the overhead (laughs) compartment on our way to botswana so this is the beauty of the safari dude it's like it's a very. It can be very glamorous, from what I understand. And these these South African Buddy. countries are just so stable, and like they're just designed for like the most extravagant safari you can imagine. These safari places that we're starting to look at are preposterously luxurious. Are they just so sick? That's it's amazing. ridiculous. It's awesome. And you have you're not you're not super put off by it because you think that the one time in your life to truly ball out is your honeymoon Dude, cough up the cash baby yeah and and you hope that you know your wedding gifts will help you finance it or whatever it is and you know uh my god i mean price is no object i we're gonna i i have i've just started to look into this but some of these hotel rooms they're like tree houses that are built up on pedestals so that you have a view of the sun setting over the bush like you're in the lion king and you're you know you've got insane bird life sick dipping their beaks in the little pool in front of the place and then you know elephants and rhinoceros rhinoceri i think it's rhinoceri is it rhinoceri the plural of rhinoceros i don't know um and then water buffalo the migration you know is going to be happening i think while we're there or while we would go we're definitely going to go right after the wedding. Awesome. We're not going to be a Good. couple that does what a lot of couples do, which is to do a mini moon. You can't punt the honeymoon or you'll never go on it. This the right is way. the problem. Everyone does the it. mini moon and says we're going to plan our bigger, longer honeymoon for later in the year, but then they never they go never on the go. honeymoon. You're not going to go on that. No. So we're thinking we do we do two weeks, right? But look, what I've heard is the safari itself is exhausting. Mm. You're up really early in the morning. You're packing into the trucks. You're going out into the bush, tracking these animals, sighting, all of that. You get back, you know, for lunch, and then you go back out. And, you know, it's a long day, and you're tired. So you don't want to do more than three or four days of that. But which means that we still have plenty of time to do other things, which means I have a second leg. 
Smart. that I want to add on. Smart. Let's hear it. Okay, this has been something I've been dreaming of doing. Can I guess? Yeah. Maldives? Well, you're no. not far off, but that's that's not the second leg. Oh, okay. Wait, what do you mean? So there's more than two legs? We, I, I have a three-leg wow, trip Jesus that Christ. I'm thinking about. Damn, dude. The old third leg. Well, you got two weeks. Fuck yeah, dude. 100%. What are you going to do? You don't want to be in one place for th- for two weeks. You certainly... I don't even think you want to be in two places for two weeks. Dude, 100%. If you're going that far. You want to see three places. 100%. Absolutely. So this is my second leg. You want another guess? More. It's more animals. Oh. This is one type of animal. Kenya? Well, you got a... What type of animal? Giraffe? No. Fuck. I want to see giraffes, but I'm hoping... Hippos? No. Okay, sorry. I give up. <gasps> wow. <laughs> I can help you. I, I can guide you on this, I want to go... I can help you. Gorilla trekking. And I think that's Rwanda. It is, but there's other... There's, there's other places. Where you can do it for less money if, 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 if budget becomes a thing. M- money is no object. Okay, then we'll Rwanda. Get we only get one move. honeymoon. Wow, dude. That's so sad. I want to go. You should do that. Have bananas with silverbacks. You should do that. I want to eat lunch with a pack of silverback gorillas. That's so sick, dude. That's so fucking cool. Dude, have you have you done this? No. I hiked, but I we did the like less expensive one where like you don't definitely see gorillas and we, we didn't see gotta them. see the gorillas. Yeah. I just could, it was too expensive for me at the time. I would uh you have you have to, yeah. You should do it. So sick. That's what I want to do. Ever since someone told me about gorilla trekking in Rwanda, I have not been able to stop thinking about it. It's supposed to be one of the like most mind-blowing experiences that exists. Buddy, I am so excited to hang out with gorillas in the wild. I just can't even describe it. It's super sick, dude. It, I, if that's the one positive outcome that comes from getting married, it was worth it. Dude, if you, I needed to get married and engaged, I'm being, I'm making a joke, but in order to hang out with gorillas, I think that's, that's a, a price I'm willing to pay. I think this is a great idea. Um, and what, a, this is a great way to do this. It's like, oh, what like things have I always wanted to do that I'm never going to have time never and money do. to do? Can't bring a two-year-old to hang out with gorillas. That's lunch to them. Unreal, dude. So yeah. then, so then after that, what's the final leg? Well, is it the Seychelles that are off of Africa? Yeah. So, so you know, I giant said, tortoises. What is it? They they have one species of giant tortoise that's native to there. Cool, I believe. Cool. Uh, that's supposed to be really sick. Can you grab onto the back shell of a giant tortoise and let them pull you through the water slowly? I'm not sure. The ones that I saw, they get scared. Oh. And they like I don't. I'm not Are they sure. Fast? No, they're very slow, but they just they're fast at slipping into their shells, and then they just sink to the bottom. No, no, but they're on land when this is happening. I'm not sure oh. about the, the swimming version or what I the see. deal is with that. I see. Um, but yeah, Seychelles, dude, that's fucking cool. What a well, cool idea. Because what I was going to say is what I definitely do not want to do is I don't want to lie on a beach for our honeymoon. You but know? you can do a little bit of that in Seychelles. That's my point. So what a nice Have way to a finish little, it off. little touch. Relax of that. on the final leg. Have a little touch of, you know, tropical island life. Drinking cocktails out of coconuts, uh, you know, tiki torches and and shellfish, that kind of thing. Dude, fucking fly home. Unreal, man. The only issue is, you know, what do you pa- how do you pack for two weeks of totally different, varying um, demands in terms of where you're going to be and what you're doing? So my thought is, you have to go in with the goal. And granted, maybe it's more difficult for a woman to do this because there's so many more things that maybe they need to bring. 
but you should strive to pack everything that you need in a carry-on with the hopes of never having to do laundry. You may not be able to do that, but the perfect item for attempting to do that, yeah. bird dog shorts. Yeah, the bird dog's shorts, their pants, you know, their joggers are going to be the, the items that will really require the least amount of washing and changing and all of that. Dude, speci- I think very specifically for your needs, the time, and time that you're going to be going there and everything, the climate's pretty consistent in the places that you're planning to go. The shorts are just going to be huge for you. Yeah, because for sure. Because when you arrive in Seychelles, the, your adventure shorts now become your bathing suit. My bathing suit. And guess what? That salt water will cleanse it out. You sure. won't even need to wash those puppies. Yeah, those things are going to be nice and crusty by the time I get home, <laughs> but no harm, no foul, because Bird Dogs is the bomb. We love them. The fucking Go bizarre. to birddogs.com, order some shorts, pants, joggers, using promo code OOPS, you'll get a whistling football that sounds just like this. <laughs> get them today birddogs.com promo code oops um so okay so the the safari is what like south africa botswana kind of yeah you can go to Zambia. kenya you can go okay. to um all kinds of places so the, kenya would be would be convenient for your itinerary if you're gonna end up in rwanda i think we're gonna try to talk to a travel guide or one like of these sort of yeah. all encompassing places travel that agent. ties it for you because my friend who went on a safari told me that hiring the travel guide was the most important thing they did because there are so many logistical things you don't foresee yeah yeah. for example you know the car that picks you up from some random airport to drive you out into the bush um to these places where on the way you run into these checkpoints of guys that have you know guns and stuff and you don't know what's going on and you need to have your things in order where did the person that you know where was i'm sure they're government guards it's it's border guards whatever it is but you know you don't want to i don't know i do agree i mean it's nice having everything iron it all out is nice yeah with the people you know you know who know what they're doing is 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 will make life just much less of a headache plus you're flying around you're yeah, you're yeah. you're in planes, you're in flights, bouncing around from these places, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so making all of that as seamless as possible because you're going to be unpacking and then repacking. Yeah, it's your honeymoon. You don't want to be, you want to do as little as possible. Totally. Now, I mean, like I, I just meant from like a proximity standpoint, just Kenya is so close to Rwanda, and they have that giraffe hotel there. That's the one that Sierra has been. That's sick. Dreaming yeah. of. Dude, that would be but crazy. I think that one is uh, is very difficult to get a reservation. That at. makes sense. It looks like it's not that big. Yeah. Um, dude, fucking such a fun plan, man. Yeah. Such a fun plan. I dig it. Cool. Um, what was I going to say? The okay, dude. So on this topic, so so uh, I started watching this Will Smith show on national at National Geographic. It's like called Welcome to Earth. And it's Will Smith basically like exploring. He's not. Oh, he's in it. Yeah. It's become a pretty popular format to just have some like random celebrity exploring. Chris Hemsworth is doing one too, which looks awesome. Interesting. Where he does all kinds of extreme stuff. Cool. Cold plunges in the Arctic, et cetera. Keep going. Sorry. Sick. So it's a fun format. It's cool. As a person who sort of like plays around, toys around in that sort of, uh, uh, with that kind of thing sometimes it can be difficult for me to watch because i just get jealous like mm. i want to be doing it mm-hmm. but here's what i would say like the show this will smith show is shot dude it looks like it cost a bajillion dollars to make this show yeah. D- the director is darren aronofsky 
What? Yeah. Dar- Darren Aronofsky is directing the Will Smith travel show. Black Swan, Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. All and- those funky movies that are kind of spooky and scary. Totally. And then even some like bigger blockbuster ones more recently. I forget specifically, mm-hmm. but whatever. Huge director. And it's shot so beautifully, like so artistic. Like it looks like it costs so much money to make. Mm-hmm. And like, I hate to be a dick. And maybe this is just me truly being a hater. I'm not uh, discounting that. But like, I don't think as, as eager and like when you watch Will Smith do the show, you're like, oh, this is why this guy is so successful. He gets there. He's present. He's ready to rip. He's loving it. He's not like phoning it in. He's trying to learn. But like him not like you can tell he didn't care about this that much five years ago. And I think if they could bridge the gap with like the celebrity host being a person who like clearly has always had an affinity for this. Mm. And I know this is where it's sounding like maybe I'm a hater because like I obviously care about this shit. So it annoys me to watch these people who like the Zac Efron show. I have that critique even more. It's like, oh, here's Zac Efron learning. Like, that's not that interesting to me. Uh-huh. I would like him to know more before he's bringing us out into this journey. And the Will Smith show, so sick, so dope. But again, I'm like, I wish that, that Will Smith cared about this more yeah. before. You know he didn't, you know, grow up dreaming about the Serengeti. Dude, they'll put because they, he was too busy in West Philadelphia, born and raised, <laughs> exactly on a playground. That's where he yeah, spent where most, he most of, of his, his days. days. <laughs> I mean, he was he was chilling, Max, and relaxing, cooling, shooting b ball outside of the school. When a couple of guys were up to no good, yeah, they'd made trouble it in the no hood. <laughs> but dude, it's true. It's true. Uh, uh, that's hilarious. The but dude, they literally put him in one of those like submarines that like. They like that they film planet earth in and like send him to the Mariana trench. Like the shit that they have Will Smith doing is so sick and it's so crazy, but like, and he's ready to rock and like, but you're, you can just tell dude, you're Mm. like, you're just, I I don't know. This isn't even dude. I know. I just sound like a fucking, not at all. But I I think that I could host that show way better than him, but I'm just not famous. Interesting. Yeah. I'm wondering, you know, is there uh you're, you're doing it already. I know. And I'm not as like naturey as, as that. Uh, which I and I understand. But I still think I could do the nature angle better than him. But I, I think, yeah, if they just like let me do my thing and give me a huge budget, like I can make the best show. You're doing um more of an Anthony Bourdain type thing, right? Yeah, maybe a little bit more, which sad. is cool. Thank I you. think it's Thank uh, you. there's more of a boots on the ground realism to that. Yeah, which I'm editing all the Iraq stuff right now, and it's coming out pretty cool. I'm excited. I'm gonna figure out the specific formats. I'm figuring it out still, but awesome. Uh, we got some fun stuff coming up. Um, I'll be in Bananas, Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. When is that? February. Um, go to FrancisEllis.com for tickets. That's February 18th and 19th. Come check me out. Doing a bunch of shows at Hasbrook Heights, Bananas, New Jersey. And then I have a big, big New York weekend. April 8th and 9th, Gotham Comedy Club. Sick. Oh, that's going to be a fun one. Check those out as well. Those that ticket link will be up soon. Very dope. I'm going to be in Denver, uh, three thirty one through April second uh, with Ricky Velez Comedy Works. Nice. Uh, that should be cool. I'm hoping to add some more stuff to my calendar too, and hopefully we'll be adding some more shit as well soon. And uh, I guess anything else? No, that's all. Awesome. Thanks, guys. See ya.